Welcome to the sweetest little life, your sanctuary for your soul and the journey to your wellness. I'm your guide on this cosmic adventure, Courtney Hansen, and I am thrilled to embark on this transformative exploration with you. I am an author, Reiki master, your host today, and own a holistic healing center. I also am a somatic therapist and I specialize in trauma. In each episode, we'll dive into the mystical realms of spirituality, unlocking ancient wisdom to navigate the modern challenges of this lifetime. Prepare to elevate your consciousness as we unravel the secrets of mindfulness, meditation, and the profound connections that bind us all. Our expert guests will share their insights, weaving a tapestry of inspiration and practical wisdom to guide you towards a more balanced and enlightened existence. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just beginning your voyage, join us as we navigate the cosmic waves exploring the boundless possibilities that await. Open your heart, expand your mind, and let the journey to your best self begin right here on The Sweetest Little Life. Get ready to transcend, transform, and thrive. Melissa, hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. How are you today? Hi, Courtney. I am really well and so excited to be here with you. Very inspired and honored. Oh, thank you. And thank you for hopping on the show today and just sharing your time and your wisdom with us. I'm so pumped for this conversation. And now that we're recording, I have to share the craziest thing with the audience that happened before we recorded. So we were just chatting as you do before a podcast recording. And I had shared a podcast episode that some of you reached out about. And it was about eating disorders. And it was also about your period and starting your cycle and honoring that. And out of all of what we have 250 episodes, Melissa had picked that one to listen to, and so today's episode I know is going to touch a lot of hearts, and I'm just really, really, really excited of the alignment and just the magic juices that are flowing right now, because it's going to be pretty special. So thank you, Melissa. I just really wanted to share that on live recording. Yes, it was just, I think we're very connected, and it's so powerful, and I think it's just a sign, I think, that we're meant to be talking about these things and putting them out and, and sharing our voices. Oh, yes, absolutely. And so speaking of sharing, I love stories and I am totally nerding out all the time on, I like looking at patterns and this is why I ask everyone to share their story. It's not for like an icebreaker. It's actually because I really like to hear like for people that are thick of it and happening to me or in that victim space that we all have been in at one point or another, it's really hard to find that inspo when you're in it, in the mud. And so I feel when we share our stories and we can become open with where we've been, where we're at and where we're going, it all starts to make sense. And you look back and you're like, oh, that's why that happened. Not that it was okay, but you understand that you went through that to get to here. Exactly. So with that, will you share your story <laughs> with us and of course, who you are, where you've been, where you're going and what you're doing? Oh, yes. My name is Melissa Spratt. I am the mom of a three-year-old girl. I am the author of a poetry collection called My Roots Grow Strong. And 
I've been on a journey and that's kind of what the book is about. It is that backward kind of reflection, kind of what you're talking about. I went through so many different experiences and struggles. And finally, one day I realized through this, I had written a lot of poetry and done some journaling and different spurts of time. And I had this download to do a poetry collection and all of it was based on my stories, but also to inspire and heal others that we, we each, we're all here on this earth going through something at some point in time, right? So it really is about the human experience. Mm. For me, it started where it often does in childhood as a girl. And, you know, I think it really just comes down to self-worth, feeling wanted, wanting to be heard, right? Wanting to be validated. And I struggled with anxiety a lot and some of this steamrolled, it got worse. So my self-esteem wasn't so great. I ended up in a traumatic friendship as well. And I think that had to do with how I felt about myself. Um, and then this steamrolled um, from, you know, preteen years into teenage years into a, a eating disorder. So I struggled with that for a really long time. And I always say the journey, the struggle, it's its not linear. So I, I did various levels of treatment through the years. And I will say um, that I definitely had a spark for life. So I always wanted to help myself. Um, and my parents, they did the best to, you know, give me access and resources. And so that was one of the, the things I went through. Um, later on in life, I experienced a miscarriage with my husband. And so that was a really transformative experience that many people go through. And going through all this again, I just, I had written some poetry because that ends up kind of being a coping skill when you go through different therapies and treatments. And I, I don't know, it was one day, this was after I welcomed my daughter, which also was um, an amazing experience. She was our rainbow baby, but I welcomed her in May, 2020. So I have a poem called First Time Pandemic Mama because I felt very isolated. I'm a highly sensitive personality. My husband and I were alone. And it was when she was around two years old, I came up with the idea that I wanted to do a book. And then I was looking at some of my journaling and I realized, oh, wow, I had about 50 poems in there. And then I created the chapters. I almost had like a download. It just kind of flowed. So I created the different chapters. I put the different pieces of poetry into the different chapters and I came up with some new poetry on motherhood. It all came together. And then I found someone also just so aligned, a young woman who illustrated every single poem. So that that took about a year. And now I have put that out into the world to heal and inspire others to share my story, which is really all of our stories. Um, and I'm just so excited because now I'm building a community on Instagram. I love to share about self-love and self-care. So every Sunday I post self-care tips. I have also been inspired through becoming a mother and my experience. Um, and I talked to you about this a little, I'm in the middle of writing a children's book that focuses on promoting body positivity and promoting positive self-esteem in children. 
because mental health, mental health issues, mental illness really is rooted in childhood. Um, mm -hmm. There are some statistics out there. So the earlier that you can encourage positive body image and self-esteem, the more of a prevention that is for someone developing an eating disorder or developing a mental illness down the road. So I'm working on that and oh, just so many ideas. And I, I found my voice and my creativity. I also didn't even realize I was creative. And so this just whole experience has been really an awakening for me. And I'm just so excited, so inspired. And I love connecting with people like you and the, and just the collective and inspiring everyone together. Mm, I couldn't agree more. That's where it's at, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that you, there's so many things. My brain's like, dee, 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 dee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to start at some tips because that's not something that actually has ever been talked about on the show is how we approach parenting with our children to develop healthy relationships with food, to know that it energizes us, to know that it nurtures us like you were sharing. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you suggest moms, dads who are in the audience right now listening to do to start reframing that relationship? Because that's what it is. We have a relationship with food and it's either good or it's not. So one of the things I started doing is with my toddler is talking about how food nourishes our body, how it gives us energy, and then also talking about what the body is capable of. When my daughter does her yoga pose, I say, wow, how strong you are, right? And so this is kind of along the lines of the body neutrality movement and really focusing on what our body can do for us, what does food do for us, right? It nourishes us, it energizes us. And I'm hearing my daughter give me feedback and, and repeat it back to me. And it just feels amazing. And in addition to that, and, you know, we're not perfect, but I really try as hard as I can to validate emotions. So, you know, especially in toddlerhood, there's a lot of tantrums, frustrations. And so I say, I know you're frustrated because, you know, something you, you, you were on, you're, I know you're frustrated with your toy or something like that, right? And then I say, how can I help you? Do you want to cuddle? Do you need some space? We try to talk through it. And there's yeah. no perfect parenting. There's no <laughs> perfect communication. But I would say talking about, again, food, what it does for our body, our body, what it does for us, right? And our emotions, mm. validating emotions so that they know that they're heard, they're seen, and they're beautiful. I love that. You know, I just did a post last night about emotions, right? Because we're not, as adults, chasing, you know, the person, the place, the thing. We're chasing how that person, place, or thing makes us feel inside. And it's usually from a lack of something that was met as a child mm -hmm. on a crave. Some people really because they didn't have that, right? Some people really crave intimacy. Some people really crave money because they didn't have that. It's from this space of life. Like, okay, what is it? Is it security that I'm chasing? Is it stability that I'm chasing? And like leaning into what emotion we need to feel. And I think that can go hand in hand with food too. I'm like, 
food makes us feel a certain way. Some people don't eat when they're stressed. Some people overeat when they're stressed. Why? Because of the way it makes them feel. Yes. And I had another tip that I thought of too, just to add to this. I've started trying to do this. I wasn't doing much of it, but now my daughter's really, she's getting to understand and she's talking and saying tons of words now that she's almost four. So I am saying how I love my body in front of her, right? And showing her, oh, I love my belly. And yeah, you know, doing, just showing her that I think I'm beautiful too. And I haven't done too much of that yet, but I'm going to start to try to incorporate that into my parenting so that she sees I love my body and I tell her, you know, to love her body too. Yeah. And I think it's those like super authentic, just natural, simplistic moments. And we want to complicate the hell out of it, right? Like, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> you're in your bra and she's looking at your belly and you're like, I love my belly or yeah, and you're like, oh, I love my boobs. Like, just being yeah, in that the little glimmer me. moments. Yeah, glib. That's what I'm looking for. The glimmers. Find the it in the glimmers. glimmers. Yeah. Yes, we need more glimmers. And exactly. to know, like, when they're there, right? Like, because I think that's a big thing is the those glimmers, like, when they pop up, to really be in it and be present with it. So. I- Okay. I want to hear all the deets. <laughs> so one, what inspired the book? Where you just this called, or is there like a story behind it? Like, how did it even come to fruition? On the children's book, right? Yes, I told you I'm going to bounce everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it really goes back to my experience and where my mental illness stemmed, which was in childhood. And I ended up not loving my body, not loving myself. And now I, I'm continuing, you know, it's a journey. We're always healing. We're always evolving. I've come such a long way in this journey. And as a mother, I want to break any generational patterns and wounds. And I have a daughter. So it just, All of those things combined make me want to put this book out into the world. Also, this summer, I met up with a couple of our friends. We all have kids in the same age range, and they were talking about um, their children, how one of the girls in kindergarten was struggling, you know, with her hair color being then someone's son, only four years old, saying the word fat. And I knew I wanted to do a children's book. And that just validated for it for me right there. I was like, I need to put this out in the world. Yeah. And, and there are some books out there, but not a ton. Mm-mm. And it's been a challenge writing it. I'm on my third iteration. I am working with a developmental editor and I'm feeling good about where I'm at right now. Um, but I, it's just, I have to put this out there. I just feel like I need to do it to in, inspire others for also give opportunity to parents to kind of have open conversation with their children, for children to be curious and learn about their, their body and to love their body. Yeah, it is hard to find. I mean, there's a ton of kids books, but it's really hard to find ones that are 
in alignment with life lessons. I, I just is so funny. I last week was to had a client reach out and she's like, Hey, I have a friend whose kid is really struggling. Like, do you know any books that talk about like energy and like what energy is in their bodies? And I was like, Oh, I don't. And I went and looked and was trying to figure it out. Well, and like, there was nothing. And so that was graspable for like, you know, ages two to seven, let's say like the little littles. And so yeah. I just honor what you're doing because, and it's so hard because you, you have to think of, you know, where they're at mentally, right? What they can have the capacity to hold and understand and what makes sense and really how to get the parent also motivated to implement what you're talking about. Yes. And in addition to that, I'm trying to have a level of rhyme in it. So there's poetic elements oh, geez. and, <laughs> and I've, um, incorporating a lot of sensory too, just the, the words. And so it's, it's been, a, it's actually really challenging, but I know that within this, I will grow and, you know, I'm hoping to either raise some funds through some grants or I will maybe try the traditional publishing route and, and send it out there into the world. I will likely self-publish it though. Um, and I just feel like it will happen. I know it will happen, but just growing and through the journey as I write it right now. Yeah. And you will, I mean, it's so nice too, because I feel like when you do self-publish, then you, it's much easier to do the traditional publishing. That was the route I went to. And it was much easier later on down the road to get traditional publishing after you we're able to tap into that first step of getting it out there. Yeah. And yes, because as, when you self-publish, you just know every single detail and process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's nice to have that sense of control too on your baby, right? Like, yes. Big deal. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so, I also want to, I also oh, want to note that I am also, I have a corporate career. I'm a full-time working mom. And so I just want, anyone to know that you can do it if you have a creative dream or something that you want to do it's hard and you have to find the time and space but it is possible and so I just want to inspire other people out there other women and, and working moms and stay-at-home moms whoever you are that if you want to put something out in the world or use your gift or whatever that is because I feel we all have gifts to share with the world that you can do it. And so I am doing this on the side, but I, I feel called to do it. So if you feel called to do something, I just want to say to start with one small step and, and start, start there and aim for your dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can get in our heads and we spend more time talking ourselves out of it than just leaning into that fear and doing it. Right. That yes. inner mean girl comes out of all the reasons it won't work. I've done a lot of inner work on that, yes. <laughs> For sure. I think we're just born with that, right? Yes. <laughs> that fragment of ourselves. How old were you when your eating disorder started? And was there something that triggered it? You mentioned in childhood that it was when it happened, but was there like parents mm -hmm. got to or was it just you had a bad relationship with food and it just went downhill? I think that, you know, there are a combination of factors that contribute to an eating disorder. There is a biological component, um, but also there's societal, right? There's the external stuff. When I do all my shadow work, 
I think it started with, I love my parents. They were together. They didn't divorce. And I had a, a, a wonderful family unit. It's just that my parents, I don't think understood me and they were a little bit more dismissive of my emotions. So I don't mm. feel that my emotions were validated. So for example, oh, you're always worrying, right? It's okay. But for me, it wasn't. Yeah. Someone with lots of just wasn't. And so that was just maybe one little piece, right? That the, the one little domino in, in this. Um, and then again, the traumatic friendship, and then you get into school and it's, you know, all those societal things, right? And how you look and puberty. I also got my period very young. I was nine years old. Oh my gosh. And I heard you on the podcast, you said you, you got yours at 17. We were yeah, kind of on opposite, opposite spectrums, right? Um, becoming a woman and especially that young and I felt shame and not wanting to talk about it and just being uncomfortable becoming a yeah. woman and, and transitioning from child to, to woman. So quickly. Yeah. So there's just a lot that contributed to it, but I would say those were kind of the starting pieces. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I think too, that whole generation of our parents, right? Like they did the best they had, but I think that therapy was very talked down upon. It was very shamed. It was very like, and now I feel so blessed that like we get to have these badass open like totally shame-free to be able to share with the world and that everyone has that space that's, you know, safe to find, you could find anyone on Instagram by typing on someone that would talk to you about whatever problem you have going on. And that's pretty badass to have just at our fingertips. Yes. And our parents didn't have that. You have to think about our parents, you know, and then their parents and then their parents' parents and, you know, what was society like? Were things talked about? I always talk about this. Uh, I think it was probably my our grandparents and before they were in a hospital and I don't even think that their partners or husbands could even be there with them. Right. In the right. same room. So you put it in a perspective. So I don't blame anyone because I understand that. And that's where now we have that awareness. We're doing the work, we're healing as a collective and we're breaking those generational wounds. So that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about when I'm wanting to put the books out and what I'm doing with my daughter. That's incredible. Can you imagine how our kids' kids are going to be like? Oh my Ooh! gosh. I, and yeah, we're just kind of progressing our, our society and the world. Absolutely. In big, big ways. Yes. Do you think that ha when, when should parents start having those open conversations with their littles? Like you were saying with your daughter, just being like, like, oh my gosh, you're so strong or you, you know, do you think that's an immediate thing? And if a child is having an eating disorder for parents listening who wouldn't even know what to look for, what are some things that maybe to keep an eye out for or to be aware of behavior wise? Okay. So your first question, I don't know that I have a, a perfect parenting answer for that. Right. I have started it in the last year since she became three where she really communicates and is a sponge and I see her kind of like mirroring us more and and and, and reflecting so 
I would say I started that around three. I don't know. Could you potentially start earlier with your with how you behave? Yes. And then the book that I'm writing, I think it will be aimed for ages like four to eight or five to 10 years old, somewhere in mm. that range. Um, but I think the earlier, the better, as long as they kind of understand what, what you're, you're talking saying. about, I guess. Yeah. But I think you could always behave in a way that you love yourself. Yeah. I think we and then carry the second, a lot of, Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think we carry a lot of guilt around um, as mothers in general, right? About like, if you're putting yourself first or you're doing things like, and now it's becoming more and more normalized. And one of the things my daughter said to me the other day we were driving and it kind of like shook me a little bit. One, she's very spirited and like has quite the personality, but I also learn a lot of lessons from her in particular because she calls me out on my stuff and we were driving and she goes, you know, one of the things I absolutely love about you. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I even, I was like, what do you love about me? And she's like, I absolutely love that you love yourself. And she goes, because it shows me how I can love myself. And I was like, Oh, holy crap. That's beautiful. And I didn't always love myself and uh, I didn't really even start my healing journey until she was what, four. So, I mean, to just have her notice that and be aware of that and observe that is pretty amazing. And to hear that like, oh, when I think I'm being selfish because she sees me needing to meditate or needing to go to a yoga class or whatever it is, or sees me chasing my dreams and building this where, you know, it takes away from my time with them and sees that as loving myself. And that's her perception. That's, that was just like, yeah, children is blows my mind. Yes. For better or worse. <laughs> yeah, that. But that's so beautiful. And, and what an impact you know, you're making. But I want to go back to your second question about some of the signs to look for. Yes. I think that, so there could be a piece of anxiety and depression. So is someone kind of removing themselves or isolating more? Do you notice any like rituals potentially are they making comments about how they look? Look, you know, do I saying I look fat or how they don't love how they look? Um, does something look off? Like, are, are they restricting food and making changes to how they eat food? Going to the bathroom a lot? Like, possible changes in, I would say changes in behavior and their body and their body image. And then there's some even more in intensive signs like loss of a menstrual period now this would be you know a little bit when when someone is a little bit older and that's obviously for a woman but um I think you you know and I I think there's just some some signs some controlling signs and hiding probably too yeah I just want to give the audience a chance if, you know, you think that this may apply to your family to have some things to be able to go look upon and just kind of touch base on checking in, you know, like sometimes we forget Check to do in. that, the best of us. Seek resources. So here are some of the resources because 
millions of people struggle. Um, National Eating Disorder Association is one of them. And I used to be on the junior board some years ago when I lived in New Jersey. Um, so they have a lot of content. NAMI is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. I think those are really strong starting points. And of course, you're going to find other um, resources online. But there are resources. There are people that want to help. And people have gone through it. People are there to support you. You could DM me too. I also will never you know, say anything triggering, but I'll always try to guide you to the right resource and be supportive. Thank you for being that. And we'll make sure to include where to reach you directly and all those links in the podcast notes too, just so if anyone in the audience is currently struggling or knows someone who needs some available to you. Yep. And Um, just to add, there is no shame and you are not alone. Yeah, absolutely. I started doing this a few months ago and I absolutely have just become obsessed, but we do a top three. So anytime that someone is just feeling kind of stuck, they can reach into their toolbox and start implementing right away three new tools to start using at home. So whether they're a parent, whether they're not a parent, any tools that you want to share that have been a game changer for you, will you drop them for us? Oh, yes. I love this. I love that someone could take something away tangibly. So my first is the daily three. So the daily three could be three words of intention. So three intentions or three things you're grateful for. What I love to do in the morning is I go on my yoga mat. And before I do some movement, I say my three words. Now, later before I start working, I'll put them on my whiteboard. But it's it's something that really can set your, your tone, your mindset for the day. And you could do it however formally or informally you want. So you could write it down. You could say it in the shower as you're waking up on your yoga mat. So your daily three intentions, that's one. The other one would be a journal prompt. I'm a big advocate for self-care. So what can you do as a self-care activity in five minutes? Because we're all pressed for time. Yeah, we're all pressed for time. But there's, I've recently been building in a lot of mini self-care rituals. So whether it's, yes, I mean, I just, I think it makes a huge difference. So like, it could be like, I'm pulling my Oracle card today, or I'm reading like, an affirmation. I'm playing my positive playlist. I'm lighting a candle, like five minutes of meditation. So think about that and try to build it into your, your day. It Mm, makes a big difference. And lastly, I, I have this self-care roadmap. I'm going to do a free workshop on this within the next couple months. And and I also, as a side note, I do share self-care tips on Sundays. So you could look for my self-care Sunday on Instagram. But a self-care roadmap is you're looking at mind, body, and spirit. Okay. And what is it that you currently do for self-care? And what do you want your you know, desired future state to be? So I like to kind of write down what I'm doing. You know, For example, mind, maybe that's meditation or reading. Body could be movement like yoga and spirit could be a spiritual practice. Like I like to new, new moon journal and full moon journal. 
But then I look at how often I'm doing that, right? I like to do this daily. I like to do a bath weekly and I like to do, you know, maybe a workshop quarterly. But what do I also want to do? Where do I want to evolve? Um, because self-care always evolves. The phases of life evolve, right? When I was a, um, a mom of a newborn, it was just taking a shower, as you probably remember, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm thriving in it now that I'm really healing. And um, so I like to write down what I'm doing now and kind of where I want to go, mind, body, and spirit. And I'll be sharing more. You can find this roadmap on my Instagram somewhere in there in the feed, but also I'll be doing a workshop on this, some basic self-care tips as well. Oh, that's amazing. I love that you're actually, you, so is it going to be an online workshop or in person? What I think it I'm going like? to do a virtual, so either a Zoom link or a live. And that incredible. after that, I'll probably be looking to see if um, I have some ideas for one-on-one -on -one coaching for self-care. So I'll be looking for people if they want to start the journey with me as well. Oh. So much goodness. I really love the writing the words down. I do it when before I get out of bed and my feet hit the floor. I say three things I'm grateful for, but I love the words so you have them throughout the day to kind of hold on to and set your yes. attention on. So today for for myself, it was confidence, clarity, and courage. Mm. I just, I just, is, I look at it. So I like to see the visual because it's easy to forget, you know, you can say it in your mind and take that with you, but I like to see the visual of it. And it just really helps me with my mindset. And, it, and by the way, it's okay to have a bad day. And sometimes we feel that, but I'm just, it's, it helps. It definitely yes, helps. Get through the day. It, yeah. And it's, it's okay to have days um, and go through those feelings, but this is, you know, some really good daily self-care if you can yeah. incorporate it. Mm. Well, thank you for those goodies that we can take and Welcome. start running with. Yeah, it's been pretty incredible to hear the feedback on people just being fired up on being able to use new things. And like I said, like sometimes we do something a certain way and then we hear a better way to do it. We're like, hell yes, that is, I'm totally trying that. I love that. So I am so appreciative for you showing up today and sharing with us and being present and sharing your wisdom. And I cannot wait for your book to come out. <laughs> Thank You'll you. This all posted so I can do a little post and share. Yes, I'll let you know. I don't have a time timeline on that yet. For now, though, my poetry collection is out there. My roots grow strong. So you'll have the link for that. And I'm just excited and grateful to be here with you tonight and share with the collective. Yes. Now for reaching out, where are the best spots to find you if the audience is looking to connect right away just before I put it in the show notes? So on Instagram, you can reach me at Melissa Spratt writes. And uh, my website is also melissasprattwrites.com. So there you can uh, buy my book there's link to the Amazon link there and um, book baby. I also have a little shop of products um, that correlate with the theme of the poetry collection. And 
you could also find my email there, connect at melissasprattwrites.com. I'm very responsive. So if you want to reach me, you would hear very quickly from me. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on your enlightening journey today. And I am honored to have you hang with us at The Sweetest Little Life. If you've enjoyed your exploration, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Your feedback fuels our shared odyssey and gets us to more people to help. Remember, the key to a harmonious life lies within you. It's not some guru. You have the key. As we part ways, carry the wisdom you've gathered into your daily existence Embrace the present, cultivate gratitude, and be a beacon of positivity in this world. Stay connected with us on social media to continue the conversation. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all the things at at The Sweetest Little Life. Until next time, may your path be illuminated, your spirit be resilient, and your heart be full of compassion. This is Courtney Hansen signing off with love, light, and an internal quest for spiritual growth. Keep shining, beautiful souls.